I don't know about you, but when I see a series of establishing shots of a beach scene in Rio, people are gathering round, cars are meeting up, the sun is going down, there's a sick beat behind this scene as well, and then all of a sudden the editing starts going sporadic and it cuts from the Christ the Redeemer to a series of ass shots, people dancing, fire breathers, more ass shots, some cars, couple more ass shots, why not, and then Vin Diesel comes into frame. Something about that to me just screams, The movies. And from that moment onwards, I knew this was going to be one of the best films of the year. This is what Martin Scorsese is talking about. We need more films, right? I'm fed up with theme park movies. We need films like this. Films like Fast X. Hello everybody and welcome back to another episode of You Can't Handle the Truth. Today's episode, we are going to be talking about the new Fast and Furious film that is currently in cinemas. Fast X, or Fast 10, not too sure how you're supposed to say it. I'm going to say Fast X for the duration of this review, just because I think it, it flows a bit better than Fast 10. Because if it was going to be Fast 10... Just stick the number 10 on the end, or call it Fast 10 Your Seatbelts. I still think it should be called that. Don't stick a Roman numeral on the end and expect me to say 10, it's X. Okay, so Fast X, it just makes perfect sense because it feels like this series was at a crossroads leading into this film. And I was I was torn, right, going into this movie, I was, I'm not going to say certain, but I was quite sure that I was going to hate it. Right, I, I didn't like the trailer, I thought the trailer was just completely ridiculous. They did upload a new trailer about five days ago, which is four and a half minutes long. Now, if you know anything about movie trailers, you will know that four and a half minutes is obscene, okay? That's just stupid. So, Fast X, it was not looking good. It looked exactly like the previous films. They didn't seem to be honing it back to the roots of the franchise, which was illegal street racing and stealing DVD players. And everybody in the fan community was saying, please, okay, Vin Diesel, just listen to us. We don't want you to go to space again, which you did in 9 for some reason. We want you to take it back to the roots. We want to go back to the streets of LA and just have it about racing, please. Now, they didn't listen to that because it's not really that at all. I will say, I believe, okay, on the one hand, it is the dumbest film I think I've ever seen in the sense that they've managed to make it even more daft. There's so many ridiculous, outrageous stunts that would kill anybody, but for some reason, we assume that Vin Diesel, A, is a superhero, and B, has a reinforced chassis that will withstand anything, and therefore the film makes perfect sense. But realistically, it doesn't in the slightest. So I think while the daftness is ramped up to an extraordinary level, the likes of which I would actually argue it may be a little bit dumber than the previous films, which is really saying something, because 8 had the submarine, 9 had the spaceship and the magnets, but now... Okay, uh, I'm so weirdly conflicted, because I remember watching 9 and thinking, a child has written this. Okay, he's just picked up some magnets, he stuck them to his toy car, and he's playing with them, and the writer has thought, you know what? This, this is genius, I'm going to stick this in a movie. But with Fast X, I don't think a child has written it, but I do think they have been on a substantial amount of drugs whilst writing this movie. And Vin Diesel was probably chiming into the process and saying, let's just split every single character up. They're going on their own little tangents and storylines. But Dom, my character, is going to do every single badass thing imaginable, and it's going to make me look incredible. But the rest of the characters, they can just go on side quests that nobody really cares about. There's only a couple of action scenes that involve the rest of the side characters. 
but we're going to have Dom do absolutely everything. And in that regard, I think it's entertaining to imagine Vin Diesel saying all this and thinking all of this up because, oh no, let's say there's a bomb in Rome and it's about to blow up the Vatican. What does Dom do? He drives after it in a car, even though he can't do anything, but it's almost like he's playing Rocket League and he's trying to bash his car into the bomb to stop it from rolling. And then there's a reference that this entire set piece was a callback to something that happened in Fast and Furious 5, which I didn't think of at the time, but then afterwards it made me laugh because I'm like, how dumb do you have to be to kind of make that connection? Anyway, Fast X, I'm done criticizing it. Now's the time to have some fun. This movie, I'm gonna say it, it's the most fun I've had at the cinema for a very, very long time. I, I think it might be the best film of the year to watch at the cinema. Okay, not the best film of the year, just in general. Technically speaking, it's not a very well-made film. Some of the directing, I think, is actually pretty good. There's some nice shots. There's a few drone shots as well that are really interesting. And it opens with a very unusual rotating shot, and it's zooming out. It's very, very strange. I wasn't expecting that from a Fast and Furious movie. So the director this time around is Louis Leterrier. He's French. I don't know if that's how you pronounce his name. He did the Transporter films, and he's done Now You See Me, the first one. Actually... Yeah, that makes a whole lot of sense, now that I think about it, because there's the shot in Now You See Me of the money in the bank vault. That makes perfect sense, because that's exactly what this film opens with. Yeah, I can definitely see his style in this film. Anyway, the director initially was going to be Justin Lin, who did 3, 4, 5, 6, and 9. He backed out due to creative differences, but he also co-writes this film. So I'm not sure if he wrote it and then it got rewritten, because... If he stepped down from directing due to creative differences, why is he still a writer on this film? I'm not too sure. But anyway, it's confusing, but it doesn't matter because this entire franchise is confusing. But Fast X is directed fairly well for a Fast and Furious movie. I think it's directed better than 8 and 9. I like the way that 7 is directed, to be fair. James Wan came in to do that directing, and I think he's a terrific director. And I love the dynamicness of that film. But I do think this time around, it deserves a little bit of credit for the way that it's directed. The editing, I've heard mixed things. I'd heard that it was the, the worst edited blockbuster since Transformers The Last Night, which is saying something, because I have seen my fair share of bad blockbusters since then, which was five years ago? Six years ago now, even. Wow, it's 2017. Anyway, I don't think it's that bad at all. I don't think it's anywhere near that level. I was pleasantly surprised with the editing and the directing. I thought they worked in unison quite well together. The writing is exactly as you'd expect from a Fast and Furious film. They say family at least two dozen times. There's some really cringy lines of dialogue too. Like, nothing's impossible. You just have to have faith. <laughs> and it's like, okay, so Dom Toretto is religious now. Interesting. So... Yeah, it's it's Vin Diesel being Vin Diesel. There's a very, very cringe kind of love scene at the start of this film. <laughs> it's just so awkward. Oh, I hated it. It's just Dom and Letty in bed together. And he's just lying on his side and he's like, God, I love you. <laughs> Wouldn't you have a baby? <laughs> oh, no. Anyway, yeah, there's one line of dialogue that I really, really enjoyed, though. It's from a new cast member. There's a bunch of new cast members in this film, and it really surprised me just how many people they got in this movie. But Alan Richson, who plays Jack Reacher in the new Reacher series on Prime, he's in it now. He plays one of the head of the agencies because Mr. Nobody has gone AWOL. 
Did I mention Mr. Nobody has gone AWOL? Because at least 10 times during this movie, there's references to the fact that Kurt Russell, Mr. Nobody, has gone AWOL. Okay, nobody knows where he is. Now, that got mentioned as well <laughs> in the previous movie. His plane went down somewhere in, I don't know, Monte Quinto, I believe the place was called. It's so dumb. Brie Larson. Brie Larson's in it. Captain Marvel's in it now. She plays the daughter of Mr. Nobody, who has gone AWOL, by the way, because she has to mention it as well. Nobody knows where my father is. Did you know? I don't know where my father is. It's like, okay, great. I'm assuming the only reason they're mentioning this is because Kurt Russell is busy filming something else, so they couldn't have him in it. Don't worry, little nobody's back in it. Scott Eastwood makes his triumphant return after he got introduced in 8. He is Little Nobody because Mr. Nobody has gone AWOL, he's missing. Uh, but anyway, let's get back to what I was talking about. Alan Richardson, he plays this new head of the agency. And there's one scene which is so strange for a Fast and Furious film. It's just two members of the agency in a dark room with weird floating holographic flat screen TVs all around them. And they are taking us through everything that Dom and the family have done together. They started out in 2001 in illegal street racing in LA. And then ever since then, they've been to Rio, London, Berlin, Russia. They've been everywhere committing all these crimes. How have we let this happen so long? How have they gotten away with it? And it felt as though that was the head of Universal Studios saying, how have we let this go on for so long? We need to stop Dom before he commits any more war crimes or heinous acts, whatever he's going to commit next. So yeah, it's very strange, but I did enjoy that scene because he also says, everybody they interact with, all these law enforcement members, they become family. It's like a cult with cars. That's the best way to describe this entire franchise, a cult with cars. Thank you for doing my job for me. I do not need to come up with a genius line like that. They've done it for me, so I will give them credit where credit is due. Some of the lines, they have a point. But then again, they do have to mention family in every single line of dialogue, or whether it's cousin, or brother, or sister, or uncle, or anything to do with family, father, you name it, it's in this film. Anyway, the ending of this film... Watch it for the ending because it is absolutely bonkers what kind of cliffhanger they end it on. Yes, you could argue it's it's a bad one because it's just in the middle of a scene. It is, as somebody put it on Twitter, like a TV show ending, okay? Tune in next week to find out what happens next, but... We're going to have to wait at least a year or two years to find out what's going to happen next. And it's the most stupid ending, but it is so incredible. This film is extremely entertaining. It is everything you want from a Fast and Furious movie. It is everything you need from a Hollywood summer blockbuster. Yes, it is dumb. Yes, it is daft. It is certainly not something you're supposed to be thinking about whilst you're watching it but you cannot help but enjoy it. Okay, whether it's Jason Momoa, I need to give a shout out to him because he plays the villainous character in this film so incredibly well, I would genuinely argue he made... <laughs> no, I... I can't say this because I'm going to upset a lot of people, but I would say he deserves an Oscar nomination. All right, Best Supporting Actor, Jason Momoa, is absolutely incredible in this film. He is so intoxicatingly funny, kind of intimidating, a little bit scary, very weird, very flamboyant and charismatic, but it's unlike any other role that he's done before. And that deserves a huge amount of respect because I feel as though he's been typecast recently because, you know, being Aquaman is pretty great. It's a great gig to have. But then again, he is playing Aquaman in every other thing afterwards. 
Except for this, okay, he is so different to what you'd expect, and he is easily one of the best villains that this franchise has had. But that being said, throughout the entire franchise, I have enjoyed what each particular villain has brought to the role, but this time around is a huge step up from what's come before, and I do believe that every single person watching this film should agree that Jason Momoa is the best part of it, but that being said, there's a whole lot more fun to be had with this film. There's still a load of globetrotting adventures, there's still a lot of unrealistic and gravity-defying, physics-defying stunts that literally would kill a man, but because it's dumb, they don't. So, it's just, it's Fast and Furious, okay? It does exactly what it says on the tin, and if you're a fan of the franchise leading into this movie, I see no reason why you won't absolutely adore this film. And you may even think it's one of the best ones yet, because I actually do. And I am struggling to determine where I would rank it, but I would say it's definitely up there. Now, it needs something more. It needs the next part to fully warrant the cliffhanger ending. But even if in the very, very unlikely and tragic event that we do not get the next part, which is Fast X Part 2, I believe they're going to call it, and they want to do Fast X Part 3, which I, ugh, I, I, just, I can't anymore. I'm actually done. Like, I thought I would be done with this franchise, but let me tell you, right from the opening, I had a smile on my face. It is the funniest retcon to begin with. Breakneck pace. The entire film doesn't let up. It's like it's got its foot on your neck and it doesn't know when to stop. It doesn't know when to quit and just let you breathe. But that's great because for two hours and 20 minutes, you are on the edge of your seat. You are enthralled. You are entertained. You are going to be laughing. You are going to be shocked. You are maybe going to cry. I cried at one point and I almost cried at the end because I was thinking, God, this is cinema. This is pure cinema right here. How have they gotten away with this? It's just so ridiculous and bombastic, but it's genius. It, there's something about this franchise that I just cannot help but enjoy. And there's something about this film that as dumb as it gets, it never seems to disappoint. And so with that, I will end it on one of my favourite moments. Dom flips a car with his bare hands, and it's just like, of course he did. Uh, Vin Diesel as well, he loves to stare at things. So one of the final things that happened in this film, he's just staring something down. And it's like, you have no control over this, Dom. Okay, you literally are nothing in comparison to what you're staring at and squaring up against. So why do it? Okay, why does he want to make himself look so macho and so intimidating to something that's happening that he has absolutely zero control over? I don't know, but I love it. And he does this in the entire franchise. I noticed it watching, uh, was it? Uh, oh, Seven. Okay, I was watching Seven. He's squaring up against the helicopter at the end, and it's just like, what are you doing? Okay, it's a helicopter versus a human. You cannot do anything, but he does it anyway. I love it. And the final thing that I will end this on is in the garage that belongs to Dom, he's got a lot of photos on the wall which call back to the previous film. So say there was a ton of events in the fourth one when the characters are sitting in the cars looking over the sunset, or in, I think it was seven, when they're looking over LA. There's the shots from the movies on his wall. So... I don't understand how this is possible because it's one thing to have uh, mementos of the occasion. So imagine somebody taking a picture like Top Gun, okay? Top Gun has that moment at the end when Tom Cruise embraces Val Kilmer and they hug and they smile at each other and somebody is taking a picture then 
and then you see that picture in Top Gun Maverick. But in this film, the moments that are in the pictures are the literal shots from the films. So it's almost like Vin Diesel has watched these films, taken screenshots at his favourite moments, printed them out, stuck them on a wall, and said, this is exactly what Dom would have. These are the reminders of his time with Brian. These are the reminders of everything that happened in these films. But... How has he got these photos from the movies themselves because they weren't taking pictures in the films? Anyway, it's so dumb. Don't think about it. Fast X in cinemas right now. I will say it is my favourite film of the year so far. Somehow it beats John Wick Chapter 4, Creed 3 and Puss in Boots 2. Not exactly sure how. I just felt as though this film was everything I wanted it to be and so much more. Now, I may admit I was slightly intoxicated at the time. And I would highly recommend doing the same. Also, I forgot to mention, there was a power cut. There was a power cut during my screening, so I missed 10 minutes. There was still audio, but there was no picture. So if that's anything to go by, the fact that that happened, but I still think this is my favourite film of the year, I, I cannot recommend it enough. Genuinely, it is so incredibly fun. You will love it, I hope. And yeah, let me know what you think about it. Let me know what your favourite in the franchise is. I strongly believe this is up there as one of the best and I can't wait to watch it again and hopefully count the number of families. But there's so much more that I want to discuss as well, so I will mention it in a spoiler review. But until next time, I've been Kieran, this has been Fast X. I'm in awe. I was honestly gobsmacked and my jaw was dropped for half of it. So yeah, I don't understand why. I'm just, I've lost it. I really have lost it, but it's triumphant. Okay, it's absolutely fantastic. So with that, go and check it out in cinemas now, and I shall speak to you in the very next episode of You Can't Handle the Truth.